0: And I'm the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. We're up here in Cave Creek, right off of Dynamite Road uh, uh, in 54. You go up 54th Street, Dynamite's this little segment off of 54th Street. We're a dirt road. But you can see the building from Dynamite and right between Tatum and Scottsdale, right about midway between those two. We sure do hope that one day, if you're out there listening and you've been enjoying this program, that you come on up here, you visit with us. If you have any questions at all, you can email me. Let me know. Chris Macy, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-C-Y, at Outlook.com. You can email me and ask me any questions. Although, I think I need to get a new email address. I... Some, somewhere along the line, my, my email is being banned across the board at different places. And I think it's because I use my email to send out mass emails for tackling the text and for the congregation and other things. And so I think it's been banned at a lot of places. I don't know why, but it, it has been. So I may have to get a new one, but for now, we'll use that. And if you want to know more about us here at the North Valley Congregation, visit our website www.nvcoc.net. That's NVCOC. That stands for North Valley Church of Christ. Visit us there. You can see our live streams on Sundays and Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. We can uh, you can also see our older. Uh, streamed, although we're trying to get that better organized. The radio program is there. You click on the radio mic, and you can learn about the the home congregation here as well. (coughs) Excuse me. Well, today we're going to talk about a question. Does God want me to be happy? Does God want me to be happy? That seems like an easy question to answer, right? Does God want me to be happy? I mean, normally you would you would say yes if you're a Christian, but in the world, <coughs> excuse me, in the world, here's what they say: Whoever said money can't buy happiness didn't know where to shop. Well, I guess that could be true. Some cause uh, some cause happiness wherever they go. Others, whenever they go. That's Oscar Wilde. I almost agree with that one. it it isn't necessary to be rich and famous to be happy it's only necessary to be rich Mm, money can't buy you happiness but it does bring you a more pleasant form of misery well that's somebody who just doesn't see joy in life but I can see how that could be right happiness is nothing more than good health and a bad memory that is true if you're not a Christian and, and all you have is this world. Happiness is the interval between periods of unhappiness. Okay, again, of in, in this world without God, yes, that would be true. So we look at this, we, we think about this, you look at all the cultures in our world, happiness is a very important subject in all of them, all of them. For us here in, a, in our culture in America, it is paramount. We even have it mentioned in our founding documents, you know, where it starts off. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So does God want us to be happy? Is the pursuit of happiness and self a self-evident unalienable right? Well, when people ask the question, does God want us to be happy, it sometimes is posed in the form of a um, in the form of a trick question. You might see uh, TV interviewers uh, try to get the person they're interviewing to answer the question with a simple yes or no. But some questions, by the nature of the question or the way it is posed, they cannot be answered with a simple yes or no. You have the classic trick question. You've probably heard this one. Have you stopped beating your kids? Hmm. You see, if you say yes, then you're admitting that you have been beating your kids and that now you have stopped. If you say no, then you are giving the impression that you are still beating your kids. There's, There's no way out of it if you give them just a simple yes or no. So back to our question. Does God want us to be happy? Well, the answer is yes, and the answer is no. <clears throat> yes, God wants us to be happy, but only happy in the way that he defines happiness, and only pursuing happiness in the ways that he permits and commands. <coughs> Excuse me. Does God want us to be happy? Not if the pursuit of happiness takes us into the realms of sin, which does not lead to real happiness in the end. Now, unfortunately, and, uh, there is a brand of Christianity that's become very popular. You've probably heard of it. Uh, some call it the prosperity gospel. Others call it the health and wealth gospel. <clears throat> oh, man, I got this cough again. But we mainly hear this from the typical TV preachers, not those who were forced on TV because of uh, the pandemic, but you know the, what we would generally understand as being the TV evangelist. Uh, you see them in popular Christian books. But it is a message, and it feels very good to hear, and it also seems right. They'll say things like this, and this, will, this seems right on the, on the surface. They'll say, God has good things in store for you. God wants you to enjoy life and prosper in every way. Ultimately, God wants you to be happy. Hmm. Sounds good. Sounds right. But this is a very subtle and seductive ploy by Satan. What he's doing, what Satan is doing through these preachers, is taking a truth, or a partial truth really, and twists it and sucks it in and, and, and sucks it in and ultimately takes us away from God. The truth is, God wants us to be happy, but real happiness is the result of being right with God. Real happiness does not come from only experiencing good and easy things. Real happiness doesn't come from getting everything I want. But when that's how Christianity is imagined and presented, then we are set up for disaster. <coughs> if, we hold, if we are told that, we, that if we just come to God, then he'll bless us with everything we want. Then everything will work out and and we will always be happy. And that's because God wants you to be happy. God only has good things in store for you. If we are told that and we buy into that mindset, we have reduced God to this celestial type of uh, Santa Claus. He gives us whatever we want. I like what one person said. They said uh, uh, we've reduced God to the universe of a cosmic cook machine. We put in our spiritual quarters, say our little prayer, And choose what we want by pressing the button, and we expect God to deliver. And if what we pray for does not come out of the slot, who do we blame? We blame God. Because there's something wrong if God wants me to be happy, and yet I'm not happy. You see how that works? Another way I see this misunderstanding about God wants me to be happy, employed by people, is when they are doing, or or what they are doing, is obviously wrong, and yet they still say, God wants me to be happy. And they say that because they're trying to justify their sin. You know, a husband moves in with a woman who is not his wife and justifies it by saying, well, she makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy. Parents neglect their children in pursuit of a career or recreation, and they justify it by saying, well, it makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy. and and there's other. You can throw anything you want in there, but the big justification today for same-sex relationships includes the reasoning they love each other and they make each other happy. So what could be wrong with that? How can you condemn that? Because God wants people to be happy, and we know we hear that's true. We hear that one all the time. Baffles my mind when I drive around and I see. um, congregations within Christian the, uh, whatever they might be I don't know what all they espouse but it can't be great things because they'll have a banner with a rainbow on it or the the colors of the rainbow on it and they'll say uh, we are inclusive here in that nature or we love all God's creation and and I'm doing a little supposition here but when you do that in today's culture we know what you're saying you're saying, that if you're in a homosexual relationship, you can attend to that congregation and they will say you are right before God, even though they are not. And the Bible says so. That's wrong. Saying that God wants me to be happy and therefore that gives me an excuse to do whatever I think will make me happy is not just wrong, it is sinful. <clears throat> Think of it like this. If, if, you, if you have a hard time wrapping your mind around it because it's been, you've been bombarded by these lies, let me give you an example that will make sense. And it, and it ties in this perfectly. Let's say, do, do you want your children, if you have kids, <clears throat> do you want your children to be happy? Every parent in the world who loves their children will say yes. I have four kids. I want my kids to be happy. Now, do, how do I make them happy? Do I make them happy with giving them those things that I know will bring a good, long-lasting uh, happiness that will not only uh, make them happy, but make them healthy and spiritually strong? That's what I want for them. But if I ask them uh, <coughs> uh, at this age, and the oldest is nine, the youngest is three, uh, if I ask him what will make you happy this morning for breakfast? One of them I know will say candy. I would like to eat candy every single morning. I want to eat candy. Now, there's only one of my kids who will do that. The other three would not. Uh, they may every once in a while, but not most of the time they, they won't want the candy. But anyway, he'll want candy every single morning. That will make him happy. And I know it because, boy, sometimes he throws a big fit when he doesn't get what he wants, what makes him happy. But I know that's not good for him. And so I don't let him have it, even though he's not happy about it. But I'm, gonna, I'm giving him this because I know in the long term what I'm doing for him will make him happy. He just doesn't get it yet. That's, that's what God wants for us. That's what he does for us. He wants us to be happy, but not in the way we want to be happy, in the way that is real happiness. So if I really care about whether God wants me to be happy, then I will care about what kind of happiness he wants for me. There are a lot of things we think will make us happy. (coughs) But in the end, they don't. We think that things will make us happy. We think that pleasure-seeking will make us happy. We think revenge will make us happy. But whatever happiness that might bring any of these things is only temporary. New things get old. Pleasure is momentary. The euphoria of revenge fades away. <clears throat> God's definition of happiness is so different from ours. The happiness of God is not like the highly elusive emotion that you know we, we often chase after. The happiness of God is not grounded in physical and material things. In the end, only the God who made us and knows us can bring us to a place of happiness. Think, think about this from the book of Psalms, 68, verse 3. It reads like this. But let the righteous be glad, happy. Let them exalt before God. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. That's happiness. happy. But we don't use, uh, in the a New American Standard, you don't see happy very often. Usually it's gladness or blessed. Now, the word happy... It's found at least twenty eight times in our Old Testament. A survey of those texts where it's found <clears throat> the Hebrew word, it may be translated differently, like gladness. But where it's found <clears throat> as viewed by God, it always has to do with a spiritual thing or or attitude, spiritual attitudes. It involves a service to God that embodies an eternal hope. And it usually there it's a a um the word, it, it, it comes along with, frequently used with interjections of elation, like, oh, the blessed or, or how blessed. Uh, if you're di- you have a different translation, maybe it actually says happy. How happy, how truly happy is he? But uh, in the New American Standard, that's what I use. It's blessed. For example, Psalm 144, verse 15. How blessed are the people who are so situated. How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Psalm 146, 5. How blessed is he whose help is the God from, of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Psalm 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in their path or in the seat of the scoffers, and so on and so forth. I, um, <clears throat> I like reading C.S. Lewis uh, in his book, Mere Christianity. Uh, C.S. Lewis observes there that it is a futile exercise to seek happiness apart from God. Man has designed to find his purpose, indeed his happiness, only in his creator. In fact, Lewis goes on he insists that God made us, invented us as a man in, as a man would invent an engine. A car is made to run on petrol, that's gasoline guys, and it would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel of our spirits. We're designed to burn. Or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not. There. Now over to our New Testament. The Greek word makarios occurs at least 50 times and it conveys the idea of happiness. (coughs) Excuse me. Man, I'm sorry for this cough. Usually the word is rendered as blessed. William Barclay, the Scottish commentator, I like the way he has a study of this word. He says makarios describes that joy which has its secret within itself. That joy which is serene and untouchable and self-contained. That joy which is completely independent of all chances and the changes of life. And that's the important part right there. A joy that is completely independent of all chances and the changes of life. So no matter what the circumstances are in life, that happiness does not change or, or go away, that joy. Now, <clears throat> by way of contrast, mere human Happiness reveals its own character. The very first part of that word is hap. And and that, that word suggests chance. That's a chance. Happiness, as we commonly use the term, is that which depends on the variations of life. And isn't that true? Happiness changes with one's circumstances. Today, one may be happy, but tomorrow they may be sad. My kids are, are happy for a moment when we like go somewhere, but as soon as they don't get something they don't want, oh, the happiness is gone, right? And if you, if you saw me on video, my arms are up in the air, oh, woe is me, kind of attitude. And you, you know what I'm talking about if you've got kids. The happiness is fleeting. Boy, so fleeting. <clears throat> it changes. Happiness changes with one's circumstances. You may be happy, tomorrow, sad. Happiness that God gives is a blessedness that is more than happiness, The happiness that God gives is an underlying joy that is an anchor and it is not based on your circumstances. True happiness lies in being, here's the key word, content in God's plan for our life. And that brings us to a a reading from the book of Philippians where Paul, who's in prison, and he tells his brothers and sisters in Philippi the secret of happiness, blessedness. He says in chapter four verses 12 and 13, "I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. And in, in, in every and excuse me, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. As we all can imagine, Prison is not the kind of place that would bring most people happiness. There is nothing happy about being in prison. Yet here we see that Paul was rejoicing, even in the midst of this difficult circumstance. How could he? What was his secret? Contentment. Paul found contentment in God's purpose for him. Back in Philippians chapter 1, Paul told them about his purpose. Paul was called by God to take the gospel to the Gentiles. In that calling, Paul found strength and joy and peace and contentment even in his difficult circumstances. Now, let's look at another thing Paul wrote from Philippians 1, verses 12, 13, and 14. Paul, Paul writes, Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Like Paul, our joy and our happiness should be grounded in our relationship with the Lord God. And his purposes in it. We can, like Paul, trust that God is doing a work in us for his glory. We can trust that every situation is known by God and is accomplishing something in us or through us. That's why the New Testament tells us numerous times that we should rejoice in suffering. In Romans chapter 5, uh, 3 and 4. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulations brings about perseverance, and perseverance proving character, and proving character of hope. James 1, 2 through 4, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. And he goes on from that. Go back, go back and take a look at that. But I, I want to look at a few other things the Bible says uh, brings happiness, which most people probably don't uh, have on their list of how to be happy. First of all, the Bible says that happiness comes from giving rather than getting. That's, Paul talks about that from Jesus in Acts 20, verse 35. And everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why would giving lead to happiness? Well, by giving, we free ourselves from the hold of materialism. By giving, we help those who are in need. By giving, we become more like the Lord. All these things fill us with a lasting joy. Number two, the Bible says that happiness comes from appreciating what we have. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. First Timothy 6, 6. Down in verse 6, 8, 6, 8 also. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. You see a a pattern here? Solomon writes this in Ecclesiastes 2. I like this one. There is nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This also I have seen that it is from the hand of God. For who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? God. Greed causes us to, be, to, to want more and more. It, 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 that's why we, we talk about the people who have greed. Having $200 billion is never enough. Now we see, I'm not going to name names, but we see billionaires out there. Some are greedy. They need more. Others are not. There's a difference. But greed is never enough. When we thank God for life's simple pleasures and blessings, we stop focusing on what we don't have and happiness in the things that we do have. So one of the secrets to happiness is not getting more, but in learning to really appreciate and find contentment in what we already have. Third, the Bible says that happiness is found in receiving God's grace. David wrote in Psalm 32, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. And then finally, the Bible says that happiness is found in our future hope. The hope of righteousness is gladness. Proverbs ten twenty eight. Romans twelve twelve rejoicing in hope. 2 Corinthians four seventeen. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. One day, all, uh, you know, all the we're, we're going to stand before the judgment seat, and those of us who are in Christ, that's going to we're, we're going to fully understand that. We're going to see it. One of the joys of Christianity is that we know the end of the story. We know that Jesus will return and take us home. That hope can fill us with joy even in the midst of the struggles and hardships of this life. You know, there's a French, French mathematician, inventor, and he's a philosopher, he said this, Happiness is not in ourselves but in God. There are indeed by-streams of happiness, such as affection for others and from others, doing good to others, doing creative work, entertaining hope for the future, sitting in the sunlight of pleasant memories of the past. But these are only by-springs. The real fountain and source of happiness is a state of life and soul that is right with God, and therefore right with man. How true. So does, does God want us to be happy? Yes, he does. He does. But he doesn't want us to seek the phony, fleeting happiness of the world. Now, I, I, let me rephrase that. <clears throat> he wants us to have joy in this life and enjoy life. But don't make that what you, what you seek after. Those are things that come along that bring those momentary happiness. That's fine. He wants us to have that. But God really wants us to experience true happiness that is lasting joy that only god can give real happiness comes from being right with god that's why paul and silas when they were chained in the inner prison in philippi and were had been beaten and they were probably going to get beaten again were able to sing hymns of joy because they that's they were content they knew where they stood with the lord they had real happiness any other kind of happiness not real it's temporary Psalm 144 verse 15 Happy are the people whose God is the Lord blessed are they The happiness God gives can only be experienced as we have committed meaningful have a committed meaningful relationship with him It is the result of truly loving trusting and serving God and I hope we have time to think about that this week in our lives look at it think about real happiness that the Lord gives us and and, and it is okay to have You know, the joys of this life, but make sure your focus is upon God. Make the most of every opportunity, for the days are evil, and let us look forward to the day that we are standing there with the Father in heaven. Thank you, and God bless. Sin and doubt to sweep away till she on the better day. Bring it out, Bring it out, bring it, it, it out, till the sinful world be won for Jehovah's mighty Son. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.